This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Forget the frustration of picking commerce platforms when you switch your business to Shopify, the global commerce platform that supercharges your selling wherever you sell. With Shopify, you'll harness the same intuitive features, trusted apps, and powerful analytics used by the world's leading brands. Sign up today for your $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash tech, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash tech. Welcome to the Insurance Marketing Organization podcast, where financial services marketing expert Seth Green interviews IMO experts, executives, and top producers to share can't-miss tips on how they successfully manage their IMOs, grow their businesses, create great relationships, and influence the industry. And now, here's your host, Seth Green. Welcome to the IMO podcast. This is your host, Seth Green. Today, we're going to start a special five-part series on the five principles that will help you differentiate your IMO and attract the right agents and advisors to your organization like magic. Now, there are five principles to differentiating your IMO. We're going to start with principle number one, which is the most important principle and will affect 50% of the success or failure of your marketing efforts to grow your IMO. What is that principle? Who? Who is your target market? Now, you can't help every advisor or agent. You don't want to help every advisor or agent. You don't want every Tom, Dick, or Harry. There are, if your IMO looks anything like all of the IMOs we have worked with over the years, you have an 80-20 curve. And what I mean by that is the top 20% of your advisors write 80% of your business. Sound familiar? The bottom 20% of your advisors cause you 80% of your headaches. Isn't that true? Isn't it the folks who write the least amount of business, but when they write, want the most number of illustrations, want them rerun, want the most help with case design, want the most help with marketing, want you to do everything for them, right? Top 20% write 80% of your business. Top 20% are your easiest 80% to deal with. Bottom 20% cause you 80% of your headaches and your stress. So you don't want more of the bottom 20%. You want more of the top 20%. But who are those advisors? Who are you really for? So a lot of IMOs fail in this department. They don't do enough to differentiate themselves. Now, how are you trying to differentiate yourself? Who are you trying to be for? So you could differentiate yourself based on what are things IMOs try and do, right? They say we give better advisor service. We have a whiz-bang software that will help that sells itself. I had a meeting yesterday with an organization that said, our new software that will help you get out of debt like twice as fast and build wealth and they wanted to send 45 minutes showing me their new financial GPS software program. And I said, you know, this thing sells IULs like water and everybody who sees it wants one, is going to want one. I said, okay, so you're trying to differentiate yourself based on your software program, your methodology, and presumably you've invented a better mousetrap, but you believe you've invented a better mousetrap that's going to make it easier for advisors to sell more product. They said, yes, that's what we've got. 
Now, some IMOs try and differentiate based on service, right? We have more home office staff, a ratio, our ratio of home office staff to advisors is higher. We give more personal service. You'll have someone who knows who you are when you call and you'll talk to that person and they'll work with you and they're assigned a certain number of reps and they've got enough hours in the day to make you feel like they're just for you. You could differentiate based on service. You could differentiate based on philosophy. Um, I interviewed an IMO recently that is all about the holistic financial planning process and help bringing clarity to a complicated topic. Now, if you asked, do advisors hear the message that you're saying? And here's the other issue. If you differentiate yourself based on, let's talk about the first IMO example. Let's talk, it, it's based on their whiz-bang debt software, building software calculator, which is a really well-done spreadsheet, Right. When I asked, I'm like, am I paying down? Am I paying an extra mortgage payment once a year? Am I making my mortgage payment biweekly to pay it off faster? Are you f- finding hidden money in my budget that I didn't know I had, reducing my expenses and putting that money towards debt reduction? And they said, yes, 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 and more. But I got to take 45 minutes to explain it to you. I said, I don't need 45 minutes. I've been in the industry a long time. I've seen this model before. I've actually seen three different IMOs use something very similar. Hey, we got a new way to do this. So the problem, the challenge with differentiating yourself based on something like that is it's not going to last forever. You're going to get, if it works and it starts taking the market by storm and advisors start writing with you, other IMOs are going to copy you, right? Even if you patented your financial technology, somebody else can copy some of it, something close enough. And then all of a sudden, once everybody starts saying, well, shoot, that was just a bi-weekly mortgage calculator. I could create that in Excel. It's not just that. It's a lot more complicated, but you get the idea that if you differentiate yourself based on one thing and it's a technology or a product or we have the best street comp, you know, or uh, we have the best marketing, I see that a lot. Hey, we'll put, we do national radio ads and you get the leads in your area or, and you put the chapter forward in our book our national, and we run the radio ads for the book and they go to you, or uh, we have a great Facebook ads department or we'll fill your seminar room, whatever it is. The issue is that only works as long as it works. It works till it doesn't. So it works until Facebook changes the rules. It works until other companies start copying your ads and your targeting. It works until every advisor, you know, everybody's seen your seminar, right? When dinner seminars first came out, when we started 2030, you know, whatever years ago, man, it was shooting fish in a barrel. They weren't your prospect. The prospects weren't getting an invitation every day in the mail. And remember the old day, man, remember the good old day when I started, you could mail 5,000 invitations and get like a hundred people in the room. And most of them would show up. And it, I mean, you got one to 2% response rates. And while in normal director response marketing, the kind we do here at marketdominationllc.com, that's low. I want way more than one to 2%. But in the financial services industry, that was great. Now, I mean, even it's so saturated, right? It caught on. Everybody started doing it. And you had companies like whether it was RME or now Leading Response or White Glove or any of the, all of whom we love, right? We've worked with all of them on behalf of ourselves, on our advisors. I've consulted with them. They've been on the podcast. I've been on their shows. I've flown down, met with them, love all those guys. But they did such a good job 
that the market is theoretically saturated, right? I mean, it's not over, but if you think about it, there was a time, I used to joke about this. There was a time, if you were homeless, you could go to a restaurant with a bank facility almost any night of the week. There'd be a financial advisor doing a seminar. You could say you forgot your invitation and they would let you in because nobody actually brings the tickets because they have no perceived value because they didn't market it right. But they would let you in and you could eat a nice steak dinner or chicken, whatever, every night of the week for free. Eventually, they catch on that you're a professional plate licker. But there's always a seminar. Now, you've got to innovate, right? COVID happened. A lot of advisors switched to webinars. Some of them buried their heads in the sand for a couple of months. I'm just going to wait for this thing to be over. It's going to blow over. It's going to be fine. I'll go back to my dinners and my seminars. Obviously, that didn't happen. Seminars are coming back, but now COVID rates are going up again. So what do you do? So advisors went to webinars. But then you saw you can't do the same PowerPoint that you did in person while they're eating and turn it into a webinar. It doesn't work that way, right? We had an advisor who came to us and said, "My, I converted my seminar to a webinar. I'm running ads. I'm spending all this money with all these companies. It's not working. And I said, well, before we even look at the targeting of the ads that you're running, let's look at the deck. And it was his dinner seminar deck where literally there was one slide where he spent 14 minutes showing on the tax thing on one slide. I said, in person that works, it could work a lot better, but it works because they're captive, they're held there, they're eating, they can't leave the room. So they'll pay attention to you. But online, especially, people are expecting television, which means they're used to fast cuts and different angles and different the cameras on different characters. You have to move those slides. We found you're doing a 90 minute seminar, 45 to, I mean, you need 150, 200 slides. The slides need to move like every five seconds because we have software that watches people watch the webinar. It's almost like we got a webcam looking at them and you can literally see when they drop off. You can see when they open another browser tab and go to Facebook. You can see when they check their email. And if your slides aren't moving super quick, they stop paying attention. Because here's the thing, if their slides don't keep moving, they think, oh, I don't have to watch this. I can listen to it while I multitask. And what we found is if the majority of your audience starts multitasking, your conversion rate at the end will drop like a rock because they're not fully paying attention. They're just kind of listening. But it's online video, which means you need them to, your conversion rate will go up if they watch and listen at the same time. In order to keep their eyes on the monitor, you have to keep the slides moving so they can't look away. So once one IMO has one marketing technique that works and is working better than what they had before, they're going to market it, right? To advisors and say, you should switch and write with us because we have this thing. And that will work until you have a critical mass and other IMOs see it and start, we all start copying each other. So who are you for? I think that is a fundamental thing that does not change that you can differentiate yourself on. So I'll give you some examples. I'm going to make some up. Um, These are from actual advisors that worked with us that were clients of ours. But we had one advisor who said, when we figured out and did a deep dive and figured out who his ideal client base is, he said, I want conservative, political, like Republican hunters. I don't want bow hunters. I want Republican gun hunters with money. So that's very different. The seminar invitation for that isn't a rubber chicken seminar, right? It is an asset allocation and getting ready for retirement and estate planning. It's how to protect your nest egg from Hillary Clinton, Barack Obama, and Joe Biden. If you are a conservative Republican hunter, your worst nightmare was they were going to get elected, decimate healthcare, crash the stock market, and take your guns away. 
So if that's who you are and you get an invitation in there, like emergency briefing for conservative sportsmen, how to protect your nest egg, blah, blah, blah. You respond way better than 1%, 2%. You, I mean, now I wish um, there are some in our companies in our industry that wish they got 1%, still could get 1%, right? Now, how many invitations you got to send out? You have to send out 10,000 um, to get 30, 40, 50 people in a room, if that, right? Not if, what if you didn't have to mail 10,000 invitations? What if you mailed 300 and got a much better result? You couldn't mail 300 to get 1% because you'd have three people there. But what if you got 5%, 10%? How many more seminars could you do? And here's a better thing. Instead of, here's another mistake we see IMOs and advisors and agents making, is they send one seminar invitation, right? Whether it's wedding style, no matter what it is, they send one. You hit 10,000 people like one time. What are the odds they even opened your mail, right? You want to know why you have a tenth of a percent or half a percent response rate. 99.95 or 99.5% of them threw it out. They didn't even open it. Or if they, as soon as they opened it, they threw it out. You only took one shot at that. So do you want a shotgun spray and pray where you shoot one bullet one time at 10,000 people or forgive the shooting analogy, would you rather have like a laser scope sniper rifle and you got 300 people and you could shoot five bullets at each one of them. Which one has a greater odds of hitting the target? One bullet at 10,000 or five bullets at 300? And it would cost less because you're mailing more times to fewer people. So who are you for? Do you want conservative hunter advisors? Do you want left-wing liberal advisors? Do you want advisors who golf? Do you want advisors who play coach youth basketball? You got to, if you can narrow it down, and craft your marketing to just those advisors and say, we're for you. They will have a permanent relationship with you. They won't leave you for the next shiny object from another IMO because it's about who they are, not what you do. So who is your target market? And we'll see you on the next episode. If you want to have a conversation about how to grow your IMO or your practice by truly differentiating yourself in a way that makes you impervious to COVID and other and Facebook and other market trends, go to marketdominationllc.com, fill out the short form about requesting um, a marketing consultation. There is no charge. There is no obligation. There is no sales pressure. I promise you, we can solve any marketing challenge you've got in 30 minutes or less. So go to marketdominationllc.com now, and we'll talk to you or see you on the next episode.